Okay, guys, welcome back to the Halftime Tangerines podcast. Uh, this is episode seven. I'm your host, Brian Kwong, and today I'm joined by the other hosts, uh, just two today, and maybe one more that will be joining later. So, Osman and Adeteo. Welcome, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so the season just ended yesterday what's up, what's up? at this time of recording. So today we'll be just giving our thoughts on the season as a whole. We have a lot to cover. And yeah, it's been an up and down season. Some very exciting things, especially Lingard scoring yesterday. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, let's just, our first topic of discussion, I guess, is just to talk about our thoughts on the season as a whole in terms of maybe our projections that we had at the start of the season compared to what, is, what the table has actually turned out like. So yeah, guys, so let's go with, um, Osman. What did you think? Um, I didn't expect Liverpool to win the league. Um, I mean, I expected them to be in the title race between, I, I expected them to be between like Liverpool and City. Mm. But City just fell off so quickly that I think by the time it was November, basically the title was wrapped up in Liverpool's hands, in my opinion. So, um, I think, I don't know, like it wasn't an exciting title race because I mean, no one could challenge Liverpool this year, to be honest. Like they were just so much far, they were just so much further ahead than anyone else in the competition. So, you know what? You got to give a fair play. Just got to give credit to Liverpool and just, you know, see what happens next year. But, um, and then Man City, as in, they were too, too high to be sort of in the top four race, but too, like, low to sort of challenge for the title. So they, th- their season was just, just nothing. Like, there's not much they could really do. Like, they just could win, but they're not really, there's no real motivation, to be fair, like, in my opinion. From a City perspective, I think, and then obviously you had a top four race where I think it was four or five or six teams challenging for it at one point. You had, Leicester City, no, Leicester, Chelsea, United, um, Sheffield, uh, even Wolves at one point, and then, you know, like Arsenal and Tottenham, you'd sort of expect to see, to be challenging for the top four this season, but, um, they've both had managerial issues and big changes at their club. I think at one point, Arsenal were languishing at 12th place, and Tottenham were at 14th place, so, you know, uh, I gotta give credit to Mourinho, to be fair, um, he finished, what, well, well, did he finish sixth? And I can't, I, I saw him celebrate and just be yeah. happy that he even finished in the Europa League. And that's the first time I've ever seen anyone celebrate like that to just finish in the Europa League. That's a, that's a funny <laughs> image I'm not going to lie to you, but it is what it is. So I'll give credit to Mourinho. Um, did it, did it correlate with your, like, your projections at the start of the year? Um, or top six, I say? Alright, let me give my top six predictions at the beginning of the year. I predicted, um, City first, uh, Liverpool second, uh, Third, I predicted Tottenham. Uh, fourth, Man United. Uh, fifth, Arsenal. Sixth, Chelsea. Mm, okay. That was my top six prediction. But, um, let me see. Who disappointed? Obviously, um, Arsenal and Tottenham. I think Chelsea, I, I'm not gonna sit, it's tough because, you know what? Chelsea finished fourth place and, it's, and they just like, well played, like third play. Thank you, thank but, you. But, um, I'm not gonna lie to you, even, even, just look at, if we just look at the top four, just like the amount of points they've gotten to finish in those like Champions League places, it's a lot lower than you'd sort of expect in like historical seasons. And, um, I think it's sort of two reasons. One, major inconsistency from all the big teams other than Liverpool this year, basically. And it's consistency that wins you the league and just all the other teams weren't consistent, which is, um, I think it's testament to the fact that the league's gotten stronger as a whole. I think that's one of the cool things. I think, uh, the lower teams, especially if you look at teams like that, have just recently been promoted, teams like Sheffield, and even the year before that, teams like Wolves, um, they're now challenging for their like European positions, and I think just the quality of the Premier League as a whole has gotten a lot better. 
So I think whereas before, maybe like five, six, seven years ago, uh, you were seeing teams win with ease against like the smaller opposition. Now it's not even a guarantee you'd win or even come away with the draw at certain points. Um, I think it's testament to the fact that the Premier League has gotten stronger as a whole, which is probably why you can sort of say that teams have been more inconsistent. I think as a as a fan, you'd still want your team to be a consistent team and win most of their games, if not all. But yeah, like you know what, my guys finished third, didn't it? So I don't give a shit about you, man. I finished third place. Take it. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm not taking it. I'm happy as well. That's what I'm gonna say. But someone that might not be happy is at the tail. <laughs> Go and get the sports. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he says like, about the start. I mean, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, Alright, let's first go with your like your predictions at the start. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I mean, this season, I'll be honest, with considering how the way last, well, considering how last season ended, I couldn't really predict like a top four, more so a top three. So I definitely had um, City, and I definitely had Liverpool in there. Um, I also had Tottenham finishing third, and that's based purely off of the fact that they did what they did and they got to the Europa League, no, the Champions League final last season. Yeah. And you'd think, okay, yeah, they need, they're moving to a new stadium. Yeah, <laughs> things are going to be tough, but Pochettino's been probably one of the few consistent managers up until obviously the season. And you'd think they have players there, um, that can really win games like on the, like on their own. So Tottenham could easily take it, but for them to fall outside of the top four and actually finish sixth, it just barely, that, that surprised me quite a bit. Mm. It surprised me. I, oh, I know that, um, I know that City are obviously as good as they are, but I really, I, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't expect Liverpool to win this season. Mm. Just simply because of how history always tends to repeat itself. If you're a contender for long enough, and the team that you're chasing kind of falters or they don't really strengthen in the summer, then eventually you're going to get your chance. And I think Liverpool got their chance and they made good on it. From time that City didn't really um, replace company and they let a few other players go, then I was just looking at their squad. They had big gaps in there. And then before you know it, um, in the community show, they lose Sane. So for me, I, from that from the time that happened, I said to myself, right, it's on the wall. Like they're not, they're not going to win the league this season. I saw it from coming from a mile off. I can actually <laughs> say that. Gonna, you know what? The thing is though, like, yeah, they did, um, they did sort of not replace company properly, but it's not as if they didn't spend in the summer at all. They spent yeah. 60 million pounds on Jao Cancelo, who didn't even play this season or barely did. I mean, that's not, I wouldn't blame it on like Man City being like, I wouldn't call it a failure to replace. I, th- I just think it's a failure as a whole. I mean, you can't replace company, but you spend 60 million pounds on a, on a on a backup right back, that's um, not I, really attached. No, it, it's it's not really good enough. Um, mm. And I think as well for City, it's just the fact that you know, yeah, you you have the sixty million that you spent, but you know, sixty million in this league is nothing. You can't spend sixty million and win the league. Like that, that's impossible. It's actually impossible. Um, before man, sorry. They won the league with the, the season before with the same squad, basically, but they've strengthened. Mm, I mean, yeah, okay, but you also have to take into, into consideration they had a few more of us before that, and players kind of coming um, through. Um, players were coming through um, that had injuries before. 
and they it was almost like new signings in a way. Like all of a sudden they just got everybody back in waves. Aguero came back in waves last season, so Dev Silva, even Sane at one point. So last season they were definitely much more full strength. But you can see this season they've been really inconsistent in terms of like have building like um a consistent lineup. Because mm. at times you look at what how they've done. Laporte's been injured, maybe Edison's been out for whatever reason. Um and the list goes on. The list goes on. But yeah, um, yeah I don't really expect City to to challenge, or not to challenge. I didn't expect City to win this year, and I'm not surprised that they didn't. You know, I mean, you could also say that Liverpool didn't strengthen at all as well. So mm-hmm. uh, they actually didn't sign anyone in um, in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. When they got uh, Minamino, who hasn't played up much at all or done anything at all. I mean, that's true, but you, I guess, also. Liverpool, I think, is different because you can see that they built off of their signing. No, they built off of their Champions League win, and that was a big thing. If they hadn't won the Champions League, I don't know if they'd have the confidence to be able to say, "Okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. challenge this season." Um, and like you can say they can build there. Um, they they would have built their confidence from there. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, the Premier League is a hard competition for a reason. Not winning the Premier League three three mm-hmm. um, seasons in a row. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, it, cool. it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That's just how I saw it anyway. But <laughs> before um I don't want to ramble on too much. Um the rest I couldn't really predict because I looked at the end of top the end of the season last season and top four was so close. Yeah. So I just said to myself, you know what? Like all of these teams that are in it, um United, Chelsea, Arsenal, even Wolves and Leicester who I kinda expected to be in the race this year. Um you know, it, it, I said to myself, it wouldn't surprise me if we just have the race so wide open for a certain period of time. And it was. I mean, obviously, we had to be the ones to fuck up and exit early, but <laughs> that happened. Um, and yeah. yeah, that, that, um, I guess it, it, the only things that really surprised me from that, um, from that race was probably where United and where Chelsea finished. And for two reasons. Um, yeah, United, you were. <laughs> you know, United, yeah. It's obviously, obviously, we, we make our jokes and we say that Ole is at the wheel, but there were times this season where this wall was crashing, and I know you'll be, you won't want to say it, but there are times this season where you looked at that United team and like, what are they doing? They signed Daniel James from the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, yeah. up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, I don't get why people diss Daniel James, right? Bro, like, no one, no one signed him to be like he wasn't expected to be a starting winger. That <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe okay, Blaze. Okay, like, okay, even even without but what he does, I, he does his job well, and his job is simple: just run with the ball and just. <laughs> look, 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 look. I, I don't think he's an incredible player. No, I don't think he's a fantastic player. I think no, I think he's a decent. I think he's a decent player, decent Premier level player, God God type player. He's not like a oh yeah, we've got Daniel James, Arsenal, watch out! Like he's not that kind of guy, but. I think sometimes he's a, he's a great impact off the bench. He's super, super quick. And you know what? For 15 million, I take that. I take that. You know, I remember at the beginning of the season, well, Greenwood wasn't really about the beginning of the season. Our front three was sort of off and out because what? Um, Marshall was injured for a few months at the beginning of the season. Rashford had a few knocks here and there. Greenwood, Daniel James was a consistency. Yeah? So put some respect on his name. I remember at the beginning of the season, our starting lineup. Andreas Pereira, Daniel James, McTominay, and Fred. Okay, <laughs> imagine that is your team, bro. bro he held it down. I swear you guys it down. 
Look, sauce is lit, but look, he held it down for the guys, man. All right, I, I don't disrespect Daniel James. Otherwise, I'll find out where you, I know where you live. I don't even send. I know. Yeah, but but okay, cool. You had a good, you had a good start for sure. You had a good start. I remember, I remember. I was thinking this guy's on fire right now, but he couldn't sustain it, and that's because you know, stability caps. As I said, yeah. But wait, I'd still take it. Three goals and six assists for someone like yeah, for championship play, he did okay. Also, as well, like, isn't he like, isn't he twenty? He's nah, he's young, like, you know. He's, he's actually young. He's like, no. not, I think he's twenty-one or twenty-two now. Okay, yeah, but still, he's got more room to grow. As long as yeah. he just keeps a cool head, doesn't turn to Jesse Lingard, then he'll be fine. I don't have faith in him. I'm nah, sorry. Jesse Lingard is lit, bro. Don't get twisted. Yeah, no, Daniel Lingard. James could do something. He got scored yesterday, definitely. man. Lingard Dino, my guy. Uh, Lingard. Lingard cost a lot of people money yesterday. <laughs> he did. He's a <laughs> waste. <laughs> he's got a fast pick of the Premier League. The fact heck? that someone made that um that that bet and <laughs> it almost came to pass, like that's kind of a boyish. I'm not gonna lie. No. If, if that was me, I would just like you know take your money because the fact that I've gone a whole season without that is just a scrape. <laughs> he should not be a Premier League player and have Premier that stat like that. I'm sorry. Vingardino. No, no, no. If you can go from mini rocking at the Emirates in against us in one season. <laughs> uh, Literally turning up and being a merchant against Arsenal the next season and then not scoring any goals. What were you doing? What were you doing? Even against Arsenal, I'm sure he was banging some judge. I don't know. I did, but I thought you bought his merch. Um, what <laughs> what, what, what his merch, merch that went into administration? No? <laughs> uh, he went, it went into administration because of COVID, man. Don't put it, don't put it like that. Okay. Contextual. <laughs> put some context. I don't give a damn. He, he can listen to this. I don't care. I don't know. Government should have bailed him out. I'm not gonna lie. Actually, no, they should have. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> they should have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Let me go yeah. to my actually yeah, my projections then. So at the start of the season, I thought top four. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think Chelsea would get top four. Mm. I would think I thought maybe top seven, and I would be especially after that four nil loss in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well. Even yeah. before because of our circumstances, and I'm just I'm not gonna take it when people disrespect Lampard in this way because we didn't have Hazard one of the best players in the Premier League at that point but it's not like you, it's not like you guys had a weak squad without Hazard anyway I don't like the fact that this is what annoys me sometimes yeah. I look at Twitter and I go on Twitter right and I'm right. seeing oh yeah Chelsea were at such a huge disadvantage they were coming from the gutter to claw back into fourth place I'm like literally last season you guys were third Yeah, but you guys won the Europa League I get it you lost Hazard but you still have players like Kante, who's like one of the best defensive mids in the league. Yeah, you guys still have a good squad. And then Pulisic yeah. just came in. I'm not like, I'm not, no one expected Pulisic to be like an incredible guy, but it's not like you wouldn't buy, 50, you wouldn't spend 58 million on a player you didn't think was good anyway, in my opinion. Like, it's not like, it's not like, like, I get it. Lamp- Lampard's done very well this season. And I agree. But I also don't think we should be like overplaying his achievements because I, I think like, it's it's not as an it is a great achievement to finish the top four in the circumstances that you guys had, but the way I'm hearing people go about it, I'm, they're hearing as if like Chelsea were out of the gut and they just came back from relegation to finish in the top four. Like, bro, your your squad was very good regardless. It's a good squad. Let me let me let me give my opinion then. So, right, go on. <laughs> then we have the good squad. Yeah, but this squad, <clears throat> this squad of Hazard only got what six more points than this year. Yeah, we had. We had such bad performances last year. You, you've seen that. We had what the six nil. We were inconsistent. The same inconsistencies that have been there for the last three years in terms of facing small teams and trying to break them down and just getting fucked on the counter. Um, this team came fifth under Conte. 
basically the same kind of team. Um, then we got Sarian. I can't, I can't fault Sorry, Sorry did very well with that squad. But we all knew as Chelsea fans that this team wasn't what we wanted it to be. And it was declining from that title winning season. And then to lose Hazard and then to obviously like Pulisic, as you mentioned, what 50, 59 million, 58 million. But no one expects him to replace Hazard like that. No one expected him to bang straight away and do what he did, uh, this season. And then with the, with the fact that we had to integrate youth, um, people that have not been proven at all. So like Mason Mount, you know, you know, I've been saying his name since like 2017. But I, had, I would have been proven at all though. He, he did all right at Derby and he was all right at Vitesse as well. Yeah. It's like he just came out of the academy and it was like, oh shit. Of course. I'm saying I'm I, to be fair, Mason Mount's had a banging season. He has, yes, I agree. He's, he's actually done very well this season. I think he's one of your, he's been one of the, like the better players at Chelsea this season, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And think about the players we kind of lost as well. So we lost Gary Cahill, our title winning captain. <laughs> oh, come on. The way I was hearing Chelsea fans <laughs> begging for him to leave. And you're telling me, look at we lost Gary. Don't, don't even try it. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> we had, we had two leaders that, that we lost. Um, so David Luiz, yeah, and Gary Cahill. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't underestimate. Yeah, you can't underrate their achievements, man. You can't underrate what they do in the tri- dressing room. Brian, Brian, I'm pretty sure you were celebrating when you found out those two were leaving. I'm pretty sure you were celebrating. I mean, like, I love Gary. You were celebrating. Come on. No, Come on. You can't underrate the achievements, but from time somebody throws a whole game to Manchester City, <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay, but, he literally gave that game to them. Okay, but put it this way. Like, we, our squad lacks the leadership, and we lost two big characters in that sense. We lost David Luiz, Gary Cahill, and then we lost a few... Um, well, obviously, we lost our best player for the last 10 years, Eden Hazard. Um, not 10 years, sorry, like, the eight years. <laughs> um, and then we lost, like, we didn't have a striker. We had, we lost Higoyen, he was crap anyway, but we also lost Morata, and we only had Giroud at the start of the year. And we, no one thought that, no one thought that we'd finish top four with Giroud up top. Yeah. And we had the Tammy Abraham, who hasn't played in the top level since Swansea, and he only had, like, five goals that year. Mm-hmm. So no one knew how good he would actually be, um, in that sense, in terms of the output. And then we had like an awful defense mm-hmm. at the start of the year. And we had to integrate people like, uh, youngsters like the Kyle Tamori, Reese James, and no one would expect them to do as well as well. So that's, that's why I'm saying that Lampard has done a very good job in that sense because yeah. transfer ban that with the youngsters and then losing a generational talent. <laughs> it has on man. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm just very happy with the season. Like top four was just not expected. Mm-hmm. I was majority of Chelsea fans for that. Yeah, yeah. I think most fans didn't think Chelsea finished in the top four, and for that they should be like, like congratulate. Like it's an achievement to do that. Like in the circumstances, especially because I would have said like a team like Tottenham definitely have a stronger squad than Chelsea, and you know for them to fall to and for you guys to do better than them, like you know what. You got to give credit as due. So, you know, I respect Lampard for what he's done. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> as in like, if you look at it, um, you can see sort of squads like Arsenal and squads like Chelsea, not like Tottenham, right? Their squads are, they're, they're a lot more stable than, than what's it called, um, Chelsea, because Tottenham and, um, Arsenal didn't lose their best player last season. That's a fact. And, you know, they had a manager, as in, for example, like at the, at the start of the season, Tottenham had Poch and Arsenal had Emery, right? And like at that moment, they've been there for at least a year. Like um, Emery joined for at least a year. Poch has been there for a while, so they they have stable squads. And then for them to collapse and falter within what three four months, and Lampard comes in as a new manager and sort of 
like stayed, steadies the ship and sort of like had has our leaves. So you know, what? I give credit to Lampard. I give credit to Lampard, and you know, what? I respect it. Needed, so, well, you know, don't yeah. attack me. <laughs> Needed, man. I mean, like no one expect. I didn't expect it because you saw as mm. an Arsenal strengthening. You even have people like Wolves that would like they were dark horses anyway from the start, but they just yeah. looked, they 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 even strengthened. They what? They spent a hundred million this time as well, and whilst we were stuck with. Zero spending, basically, in that summer alone. Apart from, as you mentioned, Kovacic, but he was already signed, like pre-signed Kovacic and Pulisic. Mm-hmm. But you know, we couldn't strengthen the areas that we wanted to, like our defence or midfield, our striker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I expected, I definitely expected Arsenal. Actually, not Arsenal, I'll say, I'll say definitely Spurs. And it was between Arsenal and United for me because of the fact that you guys were able to strengthen. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a crazy season in that sense, but yeah, we win, we move. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, what do you guys think about the teams that got relegated? I feel yeah. sorry for Watford, you know. I feel sorry for Watford. I actually like Watford as a team. I love Trevini. I think I love the fact that he gets under Arsenal fans' skin so much. Like his, <laughs> I love what, it. As well. Bro, bro, deep, 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 deep what he actually said. He said Arsenal fans, like Arsenal don't have cojones, right? He said that, when did he start? Like 2017? Or was it 2018? Yeah, like two years ago, right? Like he made this comment two years ago and Arsenal fans are still on him for that one comment. How rattled must you be as a fan base to get, to still not be over this one guy that made a comment two years ago? Like, you know, and the thing is, I think they're so rattled because they know it's true. It's a fact, like, Arsenal have never really had a strong spine as a team. They've always sort of crumbled at the most crucial moments. I, I, I can't remember the last time Arsenal sort of pulled it out of the bag in the last five, six years. And don't even talk to me about the FA Cup because that doesn't count to me as pulling out the bag. Time out, time out, time out. I've had enough. I've had enough. Let me link it back to Watford. I feel sorry for Watford because I love Troy Deeney. I know, of course you don't because he says the truth. And he no, speaks the truth. No, I don't feel sorry for them because they were shit and they sacked their manager when they shouldn't have. <laughs> what, what do you expect? Bro, you were just about, you were just about on the, on the jaws of drawing or losing to them yesterday. I don't think you have the right to even say that kind of shit right now. We were pumping them through now and we took our, um, foot off the bricks because we felt sorry for them. What do you expect? Well, that guy Wobbs could have scored, you know. <laughs> yeah, we let, we let Wobbs score for a reason. What do you that mean? Guy, man? He's that guy, bro. That guy. I mean, yeah, but that guy couldn't save him from relegation. He, he, look, that guy didn't save from that championship, could he? All right, all right if, if that's how you want to move. All right, um, fair, fair, fair. If you want to move like that, then okay. But at the end of the I think, I, th- I think he's going to leave Watford. But, I mean, Bournemouth, I, I always felt like we're going to get relegated this year. And then Norwich were just a joke. I think they had that one game against Man City where Puki scored a hat-trick and then Puki hasn't been seen since. Pukki, man. I man. think he, like, he got missing, bro. He's yeah. been missing since November. I think he's just... I think what well, even like I think the manager just lost trust in both Cantwell and um Puki because I think even since the restart when I watched the games of Norwich, uh Puki and Cantwell barely start. I remember in the FA Cup, I remember I don't think Cantwell started that game against Man United and I don't think Puki did either. Like for a lot of the games during the restart, I, I'm not seeing Puki or Cantwell. And Yeah. Well, I think for Norwich, but it's life. It is what it is. I, I feel bad because you know, mm. those are your two most talented players, but if they're not going to perform, what can you do? Mm. But I also think as well, the, the manager's been, he was, he was naive from the start. You could see like the way Norwich defended was always going to bite them in the ass again. But 
the goals were coming. That's why they started off like fairly well. But as you can see, Fuki stopped scoring, Camwell mm. stopped scoring, and then all of a sudden they just become everybody's punching bag. Like it, it, there was a point where, um, you know, against Arsenal when I saw them play, like obviously they've already been like nearly relegated by that point, but it's just like, is this a joke? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. what, like, why are you in the Premier League? <laughs> yeah. There are other teams in the Championship that were playing way, way better than League Two. It was bad. It, it was bad. But... They won a lot, didn't they? Really? Yeah, but but, yeah. Still, it, but it just goes to show you, like, the Premier League is a hard league to stay in. Like, it's not it, not everybody can can come in and, and stay in just like that. Like, it's kind of if you stay in, you're very very lucky. You know, just like Villa were yesterday. Yeah, Villa are just oh my, they're extre- extremely lucky to stay. In. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. They have, they I, it, it pissed me off because they don't deserve it. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I'm so jarred because that means Jack Grealish is now worth 60, 70 million now. And I'm like, man, yuck. Yuck. It's not Felix. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Yuck. No, but, but to be fair, all the clubs that did get relegated, I'm glad it was sort of, I'm glad it was Aston Villa that stayed up and not Bournemouth, for example. You know, I, like, you know, Aston Villa is sort of like a, they're a historic prem team. You know, you kind of want to see, like, you know the teams that you're growing up with in the Premier League, you saw so you saw see like see Aston Villa as a kid, and you're like, you know, what, I I kind of like this team. I want them to stay up. So you know, I'm glad for them, happy for them. Like they're a club that that historically should be in the Premier League, and you know what, Lord knows what's going to happen to them next year if Jack Grealish leaves. But I got good credit to them because they turned up when other teams couldn't. I mean, yeah, that's interesting because I actually do like Bournemouth just because of Eddie Howe. Like he's Done a lot for that club. Mm-hmm. I was actually today on like yeah. on the athletic. He's been there since like 2007, 2000. Yeah, yeah. He's been there yeah for, he, he he's been there since a lot of times. Yeah, I think he's been there for 20 years now. That's correct. Oh yeah, I mean as a manager, he, just he, within the club, as in as a player, as a coach, just yeah, yeah. he's been there since he was the age of like 18, 19. That's yeah. ridiculous. And now he's yeah, and he he brought them from League Two to the Premier League in less than six years. Crazy, yeah. something like that. Did you guys see him yesterday? He was like on the verge of tears. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the guy a lot, man. He did a lot for that. He does, he's done a lot for that club. And yeah, I think he, he will go to the Premier League club in yeah, the future. Probably. Because when all these, um, I was reading the article, article today on Eddie Howe on the Athletic, yeah. And they were just discussing the fact that now he has a relegation in his CV. Now there might be a stake with him. Whereas just last ah. year, he was being considered for the Spurs job, the Everton job. Even the Arsenal job. He was yeah, I remember he was like one of the biggest contenders for the Arsenal job, but yeah. there's no way they can have that relegation against his name. I mean, the amount of times, you know, the amount of times you see like the, the typical managers always get hired on the same jobs. They still get rotated. You always see Big yeah. Sam right out and about. You see, uh, Moise. and Moise, I don't know what Moise's done to deserve it, but he's always back here and there. Um, Neil Warnock, uh, you know, just a typical uh, Roy Hodgson. I mean, Roy Hodgson, like you just see them about like why are you still as a Premier League why are you still a Premier League manager? I'm sure there are others but but then they just go for the typical safe names and I just like the mid table or the relegation threatened clubs. They always just go for the safe ones, but Eddie Howe or in take a risk, man. Yeah, I don't think Eddie Howe's a risk. Or, man. They should go for you know Emery. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that type of risk. No. <laughs> oh, not not him. Not him. Uh, I will say, although I like Eddie Howe, mm-hmm. um like let's be honest, Bournemouth Bournemouth were terrible this season. Yeah, they were. Considering how how they usually turn up against some of the bigger teams, like mm-hmm. they were terrible. Yeah, they were trash. I, I mean, yeah, obviously 
a big re- a big part of that was because they'd lost David Brooks from last season. Mm-hmm. Like he went under the radar. Like he's the youngster there, and even in bigger games, he really turned up. And he, I think he got he was like fourth or fifth in like the assists um totals last season. Like he was immense for them, but obviously he didn't play this year, and I think it really cost them because you could see in the games that they played, um, they didn't really have much of a presence in the middle. Um, and they were kind of forced to revert to their um, to their wingers, and obviously Ryan Fraser not mm. really playing as well. And you could see that as he was out the rotation, Eddie Howe kind of had to experiment, like mm. the, um, with his formations quite a bit, playing two up front, playing one up front, so on. And it just didn't really work for them. Yeah, and I heard that Ryan Fraser um he declined to play during the restart as an yeah yeah he, he played got released yeah he got released um, in the middle of the season that's a bit mad though yeah but obviously no. he's chasing his bag <laughs> but for who though who would want him now like yeah he, I remember at one people point people want Ryan Fraser he was yeah I'm sure but, yeah he was but I'm just saying like from a a club perspective I remember Arsenal were like super interested in him like a year ago but. I'm not sure they'd be as interested in him now, and I'm not sure as an as a free agent. I'm sure there there are loads of prem teams I would want him, but I don't know. Just as a player, you sort of lose respect because what well, you have a club that's fighting to stay out of relegation, and you're one of their star players, and you think to yourself, you know what? Let me just release my contract and dip. I mean, yeah, I understand why you'd want to do it so you don't get injured and you don't like mess up your future sort of career, but yeah, but still, yeah, you, you're you're right actually because now I I as close as he is, I don't really see the top seven. Signing. No, hell no. Top, I have to say top seven because I, I, I seem I seem like a West Ham rather than a, an Arsenal. Or, or Newcastle or Newcastle. Yeah, that exactly. That, yeah. that kind of level of Premier League rather than a top top Premier League team. Yeah, because that's the thing. If you if you really want to prove your worth, like show that show it by actually saving the club from relegation. Instead, you just dipped and let them go yeah. down. I think that's a bit mad. Actually. Isn't yeah, it? Exactly. When I think about it, actually, it's, yeah, it's mad because he was actually there from like League One. Was yeah. I read an article today like he he was there from League One. He was part of that core group that got them promoted. So the fact that he turned his back on them at that point and he's been with them for like so many years is crazy. Yeah, that's like, a little bit insane. That's crazy actually. Yeah, but, he'll he'll regret it. He'll regret it for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm sure he will because yeah, he'll go to West Ham or whatever. But like, I I don't see for him anyway. The ceiling's not really very high. But you never know. He could come into a team mm. and smack it. So it's up to them. But that's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a bad thing, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to live with that in my conscience if I was a footballer. I'm not going to lie. Secure your Because think about it. They're one, play, they're, they're one player short, like, and they probably could have stayed up if he was, like, if he actually had a heart. It was decent, but... Had a obviously, heart, wow. <laughs> Obviously, no sympathy when you're chasing your bag, so... <laughs> Fair enough. I mean... Yeah. Speaking I mean, of which, um, you guys, uh, which, which um, of the other relegated teams would you say are like, you know, good teams to raid if you were going to be like a top, if you're a top six or top seven club? Which relegated players would you want to buy? I'd definitely go for Nathan Ake. Mm. Mm. I'll say Watford have some decent players as well. Decore. Oh, yeah. One of them. Ismail Saar. Yeah. Um, he was a sort after talent last year as well. And Watford got him. Yeah. He's looked good this year as well. Some, I've seen some, some nice highlights from him. Um, what third? Who, who else would you say? Delafe? Delafe? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, I think Delafe's so. alright. Oh, yeah. um, what's his name? Freaking, uh, Ben Foster. Ben Ooh. Foster's been okay. I'll, I'll take him. I'll take I him as well. Yeah, I could see him at Chelsea still being their second keeper to be yeah, honest. I, I will take him. But, mm, I could even see him being our second keeper at us, cause you know, look at it now. Martinez has been 
crazy. He's not going to be a one, not going to be yeah. number two anymore. I don't see him as a number two. Yeah, yeah I, I no, me neither. I think he's gonna leave. it's very, very tight. But the thing is, I don't, I don't imagine. I can't imagine Ben Foster wanted to be a number two at Arsenal because I think he, he's good enough, or he sees himself to be good enough to be a number one at a, at a club. So I'm not entirely sure if he'd want to be a number two at a big club. Although to be fair, I think as a player, your stock kind of like diminishes quite a bit when you when you are relegated with a team. Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. Like, look at Jack Butler last season. Everyone was singing his praises. Um, he got relegated with Stoke. I think was it two seasons ago he got relegated with Stoke, and now he's not even in the England picture anymore. Like everybody was talking, everyone was talking about this guy like he's the next. Um, yeah, as he's, mm-hmm. he's the next uh, great keeper. So you know, it's sad. It's sad what happened. Yeah. There. That's the thing. So it's, it's a it's a decision um, teams have players have to make, and I don't think um, they should. I don't think that they have the option to really choose when you come from a relegated team. Like you might strike out and get lucky, like when Yadin did when um, Newcastle got relegated. But most of the time, it doesn't really happen. You have to kind of settle as like a role player. You won't really if you're going to sign for for a team that's good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really consider you to be starting automatically anyway. Do you remember? Do you remember like physically when we had like at, at one point our England keepers were Jack Buckland and bloody what's his name the guy from what's his name and the guy that ever took you with Jordan Pickford. Imagine that ah. Pickford and uh, Buckland are your two main keepers. Oh dear. And Joe oh Hart. Dear. And Joe Hart. Oh dear. Oh dear. You know who's cold and he was slept on time. Nick he's he is. Yeah, so, he's, he's done very well. He this is so. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Like. When you see the saves this guy has made mm. every time, Burnley are rubbish, by the way. They they are trash, but <laughs> that guy's kept them. I can't lie. You know he's six foot seven. I only I only put up today. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got great legs, man. Yeah. Six foot seven. It's mad. Yeah, he's a baller. I know that you know. <laughs> he's a hooper. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I was just doing my scouting for Kepa replacements, so like. Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of yeah, yeah, it's bad because I, I, you know, with Kepa, yeah, I don't want to say he's a flop, but mm-hmm. you know, what can you say? He is a flop, man. This yeah, it, it is, it is, it is. But in in a way, he kind of did some stuff. I'll say because a lot of it I I read was down to attitude as well. Uh, uh, Lampard, <laughs> Lampard had Lampard had a disposition with him like from time he entered the club for what he did with. Um, Sorry, in the cup final. I want to say he was literally identified as a corporate on site. No, no, but I, I, I don't blame Kepa for that though. Like when you actually look into it, like that whole incident was when um what Kepa was faking an injury to waste time. Sorry, thought he was actually injured to try to stop him off, and then Kepa was like, "Oh no, I'm not actually injured, and I, I can play." So I I, I see it as a misunderstanding, but I don't see it as like a major issue with the team. Like I don't, I wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, Kepa's a virus in the dressing room because of that issue." Like. Yeah. It's just him sort of pretending to be like injured so he can waste time, and then like there's a misunderstanding between the coaching staff and and Kepa. But yeah. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't see. I don't see it as a bad issue. But I think mean, he fumbled the bag though because like a penny definitely. shootout, you definitely want to be Cavalier instead of Kepa. Mm. Yeah, he just needs to. He needs to go. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> what about what about um De Gea, Osman? What do you think? You know what um. You know what De Gea is only what 28. But yeah. around that age, like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, like let me double check his age actually. But he's he's at an age where you still want, yeah, he's twenty nine. Sorry, like twenty eight, twenty nine. He's around the age where keepers sort of entering their prime years. Mm. 
and what De Gea was what one of the world's best keepers or he was at one point the world's best keeper around like what 2016 2017 when Neuer started to sort of falter a little bit and regress in form and yeah. you know I think what it comes to a certain point where let's say De Gea has a bad game or De Gea sort of makes a mistake in a big game uh, the next week or the next match day you know De Gea is going to play regardless because United or like the managers that we have at the time so Mourinho or Solskjaer they don't really have like the ruthlessness to sort of say you know what you've made a mistake I'm going to set you aside and I'm going to let Romero play because they just don't have that trust in Romero to let him manage that big game and when he like for example even against Norwich right in the FA Cup's like quarterfinal um, he just made a simple mistake and what was a simple shot from Cantwell he just let in and it's sort of that you know that De Gea just knows he's going to play regardless of if he makes a mistake or not Obviously, as a player, you don't want to make a mistake, but if you do, you do, right? And it's sort of that complacency that kicks into your game. And I think he needs someone like Dean Henderson to be in the team with him to know that, for example, if he fucks up in this one game, he knows he's out of the team for a while. Or at least he knows he's out of the team for the next match day or the next two match days. And I think it's going to be healthy for the team if Dean Henderson comes in. I don't want him to go out on loan again. I want him to sort of fight for the number one shot at United. I want De Gea to fight for the number one shot at United. Like it's, it's it's a tricky one because I wouldn't class it like I wouldn't class it in the same sort of category as like Czech and Courtois because Czech was a lot older at that point when Courtois sort of kicked in. I think Czech was like thirty three and he was sort of on his way out, but yeah. Courtois was at his like he was like twenty four, twenty five, so he was on the way up. Like technically, like physically, when you like evaluate a player, like De Gea just signed a long term contract a year ago, and he's sort of meant to be like the star keeper for the next three four years for the team and. Henderson wants to be the star keeper now, so it's a very tricky situation that you need to manage delicately, which is why I think they they both need to be in the same squad together because you need like it's there's a very because I, I think um someone men- someone mentioned this to me when like Maguire first joined United as well. There's a very big difference defending as or being a defender for a team when you're naturally sort of on the back foot compared to being at a team like United when you're defending not like around your area around your box, but you're closer towards the halfway line as a defender rather than closer to your own box. So there's a very big difference in terms of the style of defending you have to do, as well as being a keeper. There's a very big difference between being consistent shot stopper and being someone that needs to be more confident on the ball and sort of being able to manage how a big team plays and what kind of keeper role you need to be. So Dean Henderson hasn't really done that because at Sheffield, you're not really on the front foot in your big games. But So that's why I wanted to be at the United squad. I wanted to play in these kind of environments so then him and De Gea can integrate together. That's my opinion. Um, I I think he's probably going to go out on loan again. To be honest, I think he might go on Sheffield. Like, I think he might go out to Sheffield again. Ideally, if I was going to send him out on loan, I'd want to send him out on loan to like a bigger club to see him like try out a different style of football. But yeah, like ideally for me, he comes back to United. Fair enough. I mean, wouldn't you say that Romero is a decent enough second? Yeah. The thing is, I like Romero as a keeper, but if you look at like the long term future of the club, it's not Romero. So I, I get the fact that, you know, he's a good keeper and he's been here for five years and he's a really great guy, but he's not he's not better than De Gea and he's not better than Dean Henderson or like he doesn't have the potential Dean Henderson has. So you have to manage it in the best way possible, which is if Dean Henderson comes in, I'm sorry, Romero's got to go. And you know what, Romero, I think he'd be, he's not like, he would be sad to leave, but he's also someone that I could see be happy to be in a different environment. Like if you told him like, oh, you can be a keeper in Spain, you can move to the Spanish league. Um, maybe, or like, he's Argentinian, he might want to go back to Argentina, be with his family a little bit more, so you know what, even like, personal circumstances, it might be easier for him, so, I don't know. Okay. Alright, fair enough. Um, let's move on to 
let's say our players of the season, well, players of the year. We know that Henderson won the Football Writers Player of the Year, but mm-hmm. I guess let's start off with like our thoughts on Henderson and maybe <laughs> on that. If you have different opinions, we can state why we have chosen our player for Player of the Year. I guess. Well, who, who has impressed you the most, essentially? But yeah, I think, I think, go, go I think, first. <laughs> Uh, what he's impressed me the most? Yeah, player of, player of the season. Who's your player of the season? Oh, that's Kevin De Bruyne. It's very, very easy, very obvious, mm. very mm. obvious. Because if you look, if you watch any of the games in Premier League, and if you were, if you had never seen football before, and you were watching all the games from the Premier League from maybe just one random week in the league, if you just look at the player that impresses you the most, that's Kevin De Bruyne easily. He can mm. do everything. He can pass. He can shoot. He can Bend it in the top corner. He has checkers. Like, what more do you want? Literally. Um, he's the complete midfielder. And with what he's did, what he's done this season, as good as Man City are, without his 13 goals and his 20 assists, I actually think that they may have been in the top four battle. Personally. Because for Man City standards, they were not that good this season. Mm. They really weren't. Yes, like second was a lock, but it shouldn't have been because they were so far behind Liverpool at a point where we were just thinking, okay, people could, there was talk of people catching them for third or for second even. Oh, um, I just, I, I just wish they got banned from the Champions League, man. Yeah, um, I, I, I wish it too, but you know, they, they're, they're going to win it. <laughs> I think they're going to win it now. <laughs> it's going to be Guardiola's revenge. This is like mm. the perfect plot. <laughs> it's like the perfect um, plot. Oh man. Literally, yeah, like some redemption arc. You just see it happening. <laughs> uh, De Bruyne is a good, like, definitely a solid choice. He's been amazing. Like, he, what, he got 20 assists. He matched the record, Henri's um, record. Um, yeah, everything he does is just magical. That's what I'm going to say, man. He's just, uh, it just anno- annoys me, man, because we had him and then, you know, we also had Salah. We yeah. also had Parky. Yeah, we had the thing is, I've always backed these guys as well, man. That's the thing. That's the thing that hurts the most. I could see the Bruyne. Oh, blame Mourinho, man. Virus. <laughs> <laughs> man. He's what? a cancer. I don't give a damn. Oh, players are called right, but yeah, the Bruyne hurts the most. Oh mm. boy. Yeah. Well, who's your player this season, then, Brian? Um, I would say Mane, man. Mm. Just because he is the fact that they they finally secured the league. Mane, I would say, was much more integral than Salah. Yeah. And, yeah, Mane is just amazing. Like, just everything. Mm-hmm. Again, the amount of goals he is, goals and assists that he chips in every year. And just how important he is for the team. In comparison to Salah, you would say that if the team didn't have Mane, it would be more detrimental to Liverpool's style. Mm-hmm. If Salah was missing for that game, for example. I think Mane is just so integral for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. That's my player of the year, essentially. How about yours, Osman? You know, I can see why Henderson got it, I'm not going to lie to you. I think, well, um, you know, since January when sort of Liverpool arguably had their sort of worst moments of the season, it's when Henderson wasn't there. And you can sort of see, I know like we make fun of Henderson and I know we say that, yeah, he shouldn't deserve player of the season. Because of like, you know, there are better players like that we think in our opinion. I can so I can see why. I know there's outrage on him getting it, but I can see why Henderson got it. Yeah. Um but for me, for me, player season's gotta be Mane for me as well, because 
I think what Mane does for your team, what he adds in terms of quality, um, what he's able to do is basically, like, you know, when people can people compare Mane and Salah, right? And Salah definitely numbers wise, he he beats Mane by far, right? But yeah. on on the pitch, when you watch when you watch them play, it's so so different. I think the the gap in not a gap in quality, but I think Mane Mane just stand, just stands out for Man City by ugh, for for Liverpool by far. As in, like, just what he does. I think the, I think maybe because he sort of faltered a little bit towards the second half of the season, the standards weren't as high as it was for him in the first half of the season. So I think in the first half of the season, he was incredible. I think he was uh, the best player in the league by far. I think for me, what he just adds to, to Liverpool, he's a different dimension. He can, I think just, he can just do everything. I think if you wanted an attacker that, that can score you goals, that can make you assist, that can add a different style of play to your team, that he can just do what you need him to do and I just love him for that I think Mane is just an incredible and he's a brilliant guy so yeah for me it's got to be Mane of course Mane cool. he can even spend as well man his work rate is crazy cool so. you guys done talking for Liverpool yeah <laughs> yeah bro 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 it's cool it's cool don't worry about it I'm not I'm, not, I'm just saying Mane's the guy <laughs> anyway, oh, <laughs> what do you think of Henderson then are they um winning well, the football okay this is the this is the thing yeah mm-hmm Obviously, he's their captain, and he was there. Um, like he was there, he was a good presence in the dressing room. But it's football of the year, not human of the year. Like he's a good human. Wait, wait, good it feels, wait, it feels. All I'm saying is, if it was human of the year, it belonged to Doctor Ashford. Of course, but, like, <laughs> but everyone is talking about it. Like, oh, he's a great presence having the dressing room. Deserves it. We're not basing it on the presence of having the dressing room. I could have a mascot in there and I'd give it to him, but this is on football ability. It's on football and ability. So why would you pick the guy whose stats in, in comparison to the Bruins do not match at all? If you look at, if you look at them, they're on a different planet. I'm sorry to tell you. Jordan Henderson, yes, captain. And I think that Liverpool side, they don't win it without him, but that's based on intangibles and the mental side of the game. I don't think it's based on ability. The awards are meant to be based on ability alone. If you want to do that, make a separate um, category for Jordan Henderson. Make it for like best teammate or something. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> to give a football, yeah, stupid. It doesn't make sense. Even even to give it to him ahead of money, like it's dumb. Yeah. Even nah. ahead of money is is kind of stupid. Like in my opinion, it, it just it doesn't make sense, man. Like that's just <laughs> it for me. But it's it's a it's a sentimental thing. That's what they're about. Like, in Liverpool, it's all about sentiment. So they're gonna have their their. Um, Football, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to comment too much on that because you're going to get smoked yeah. in the comments. <laughs> yeah. If I speak, I'm the trouble. We talked about enough, but um, okay, let's move on to manager of the year. Who's who's your manager of the year? Chris uh, Wilder. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder. I'm not having it. It's Chris Wilder. I'm not having it. Watch him say, Nah, you know who it is, though. To tell you the truth, you know who it is. It's Ali. It's, La- it's, it's Lampard. Still. Oh, pissed off. Oh, nah, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Ali. I actually want to hear about. It. I want to hear. I want to hear why. Why you think Lampard? I love it. Oh. Go on, Ali. Lampard still. Lampard, nah, nah, nah. They were rubbish. No, to begin the season to about a point in January. No, from the beginning of the season to about some point in October, they were awful. But all of it clicking, clicking out of nowhere, and. Mm. So many players have actually stepped up, and you can see, see Lampard. Although Chelsea didn't really have as much game, man, they couldn't really defend. They were actually like for a goal, <laughs> and they were winning games, and they should. And they, when it, 
<laughs> gets to the race of the top four, you think, right, they're not going to be in it. They just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. A little bit more than some of the other. Granted, I'll be honest, they should probably have finished third because they did that well. But you know, the fact that they even finished fourth with the team. And it's oh, not sh- like it's a big shouldn't, You don't deserve, like Adi, wait, you don't deserve to finish in a place, in my opinion. That place is dependent on your performances. You earn your, you earn your place on that table. You can't say you no, should. So deserve. Chelsea have them. I'm, they haven't because they, they, they Chelsea, definitely. Wait, if Chelsea deserved to finish third, they would have finished third because they would have won or or drawn enough. They would have got enough points to finish third. You can't tell me you deserve to win the league when you don't win the league because you didn't get enough points. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm saying that they should have. They should how? have based on how well they did. Based on how well they were doing up until like the last few weeks of the season. So, but, but the season's based on like 30 games, not 32. Season. The season's on 38 games, not 30, not 25, not 15. It's on 38 games. Okay. So, this is the thing, right? Chelsea, unlike, they, they didn't have any mid-season pickup. They didn't have a mid-season signing to save their season. They did not have that. They still had to remain the same. And they more or less, they more or less were dealing with the injuries that they dealt with and they still relied on Certain players. Kante wasn't there for like big stretches of the season. He had, he had his, and Jorginho had to step up. He had players like Ross Barkley that were trash and then they appeared like towards the end of the season. Like, and as much as we clown Tammy Abraham without the goals that he had at the season, it would be kind of difficult for them to get to the, like, not gonna lie, not happy that they got top four, but. They deserve mm-hmm. it. I think Lampard definitely deserves a manager of the year because that's his first full season um, in the Premier League. And yeah, he was good with Derby, but championship managers did not translate into Premier League managers. Like, let's let's keep it. Let's have it deep. What would you? What? What? what wait, wait, where'd you get that inference from, my guy? Where'd you get that inference from? How do you expect? How I'm do you just, expect? How do you expect championship teams and championship clubs to sort of come up to the Premier League and do well? They're doing it with their championship managers. Well, I I, I mean. They're, I'm saying it in terms of the the manager making a step up, not the team. The, with the team, it's different. But obviously, Chris Wilder, he's done it with his team, and that's crazy. But for me, it was the fact that they were we were talking about Sheffield United throughout the majority of the season mm-hmm. to be in Europe, and I think at the end of the day, they were kind of victims of their own success. Because do you understand it? The fact finished. I the fact that we're saying a relegated team, a, a team that was recently promoted. Is, is we're talking about them for being in Europe for the majority of the season. Do you know how impressive that is? Yeah. It's, it's extremely impressive, but I, the only reason I wouldn't give it to them is because I think they were slightly victims of their own success towards the end of the season. If they managed, managed to get to Europe, then because I'll be honest, Arsenal were trash, but we should not be finishing above Sheffield United. No way. Mm-hmm. Based on how the season has gone, it's a, it's a shame that we finish above them because they really should be in those European places. Mm-hmm. But it goes to show you, you know, it's the whole season. It's not based off of 20 um, games, you know, 38 games. Mm-hmm. You have to try and be, you have to try and hold on to what you have. It's the reason why as good as Leicester and Wolves have been, nobody's going to talk about them like, when the season is done. You know, the season is done, no one's going to talk about them because they're Europa League sides. So they're not in, they're not Champions League sides. And really, for the majority of the time Leicester spent in the top four, they should be a Champions League side. They really yeah. should be. In terms so, of quality, I did. Like, no one expected Leicester, I'd say, or, or Wolves to get anywhere, or not anywhere near, but you know what I mean? They yeah. wouldn't be the top six. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. 
And, 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 you know, like, let's, let's be honest. Chelsea haven't had an easy ride to get, to get there. You know, they've, they've, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of results that haven't really gone their way and in a lot of quite close games too. Mm. Um, and yeah, with the injuries, his, uh, with the injuries that they've had and the fixer pileups, like, they've done well. And Lampard as well, man. He's supposedly, like, inexperienced, so go give it to him. Yeah, I mean, That's I, I agree that Lampard has, obviously, as I said at the start, Lampard has done amazing, but, to say, I don't know if I would actually class him as, like, the best manager in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, some of his achievements, relative achievements compared to, like, as Osman said, Chris Wilder, or someone like Brendan Rodgers, who, who actually did amazing with, with that squad anyway. Or as you can say, you can put Klopp in there as well, but I think my one would be definitely be Chris Wilder, just because of the fact that they, they, had, they hardly made any signings. Like, that's their core squad from the championship, and they finished in the top half of the table. They're in Europe for the whole, for the majority of the season. They have their own unique play style where they're not actually scared to play um, against big teams. So that was something that's very impressive. And there is an argument that they are like the best ever um, relegate. Um, not what am I saying? Best ever promoted side. In the Ooh, wait, 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 I, I, wait, I'd be are you saying that. wait this this Sheffield team or last year's Wolves team? I'd be careful with that. I think this Sheffield team just because. I mean, in terms of how impressive they've been, mm-hmm. the fact that they've competed all these big games. Yeah, but but Wolves finished in in, in a European position last year. Yeah, didn't yeah. wasn't there a season where Newcastle finished sixth and Alan Pardew brought them up in the table? No, they finished fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they weren't recently promoted that year. I don't think so. Promoted, no, though. no, they were. They were. I swear they were. I'm sure they, they were. Straight that from was the season Andy Carroll was banging, no? No, they weren't straight from the championship. No, maybe not. It was 2013 when they did that massive... Or was it 2012? It was 2012, right? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. 2012, were, they were up there. Like, they were in the prem. No, I'm, I'm saying because you have to consider Wolves the fact that they had all these really good players that are actually out of the league when they played in the championship. Like, Ruben Nevers, he didn't deserve... He didn't belong there. He was Porto's youngest ever captain. <laughs> and he moved to the championship. And they had they had George Mendes to actually thank for that because they had so many Portuguese players that... Mm-hmm. Like they're not deserve to be in a championship. Yeah, yeah. They, they had. They were basically a, um, a team that had a super agent in the championship. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a crazy advantage. Essentially, obviously, and we've seen this this season. But I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. Not the best in terms of ability, but just it's impressive. Yeah, it is. I I think I would have. It's just the fact that they they set the standard so high, like for mm-hmm. for promoted team. I give it to them, but it's just was end of the season. Because if they stayed on and at least, if they finished even eight and they were like one outside, then I would have been like, this manager and this team, they're crazy. But the Premier League at the end of the day is, is, is quite hard. And even, um, you know, finishing ninth is, is a great achievement. But I, I think as the fact that they did so well this season, they probably, in, if it was like, if they kept their foot on the gas, they should be finishing a little bit higher. But that's how good they've been. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I think, to be honest, I, I do think they're going to give it to Chris Wilder. Yeah, I think he deserves it. But I think, for wait, me, they... wait, no, 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 they'll give it to, they'll give it to Jurgen Klopp still. Yeah, I was going to say that. Klopp they'll give it to Jurgen Klopp. Klopp. Yeah. <laughs> they'll that's give what... it to him. He won it last year. Was it Pep? Um, I think so. Let me double check. No, I, it was Brendan Rodgers, I swear. No. No, it was Brendan Rodgers last year. Was it? No, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm it's, Pat, it's Pat, it's Pat, it's Pat. 
Okay, yeah. Uh, if Leicester gone to the Champions League, I think mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers would have a big, big shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done, but it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think? Where do you think um, Wolves and Leicester are going next year? Um, uh, what's this? The, it's it's a it's a tough one because um the rest of the teams will get better. Mm-hmm. I think Wolves will be fine if they can add a few more pieces around um Jimenez. If they can at least keep one of either Jimenez or Adama, mm-hmm. I think Wolves are going to be calm. And Nuno is actually a, a, he's 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 got the experience. He's proven um he's a winner as well. And he's he's a we say he's a winner not in the terms of oh he he'll translate well at a big club. I don't think he will, but. Look at Emery. (laughs) Look at Emery. Emery was a winner. Look what happened to him. I think, yeah, you have, you have that type of success, but there's levels to it, you know. There's levels. I think Wolves is the right club for him. Um, Leicester, I'm a bit worried about. And I say this because of the fact that they have, now they're at a point where they have so many good, like, players that are, Sort of on the radar for people. It's going to be hard for them to keep them. Who do you think would leave? Uh, James Madison. To where? Nah, Ale, he's not leaving. Wants no, 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 no. no. He, he's he's not. But I think considering the way the season ended as well, they didn't really end it on that good of a note because they should have finished. Um, they should have finished in the in the in the top four. Mm-hmm. They definitely should have. And I think I'm a bit worried for them as well because. They know they now have to strengthen and they have to try and go for it again. Like considering the season that they had, like they panned the team 9-0 and did not finish fourth. Like, come on. Um, you know, ironically, since that 9-0 game, Southampton have won more points yeah. than Leicester. That's crazy. That's insane. That's actually insane. Um, but if, if you look at the two sides and, and you, and you're in the, the um, training camps, I'm sure Wolves will probably look at their season as more for a success than maybe Leicester's will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I'm had sure. Europa League to balance, which was very impressive. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they're still in the Europa League as well, which yeah, is exactly. Yeah, that's the thing, man. So, um, Leicester. Okay, I'm not worried, worried about them, but at the same time, I think it's not looking completely up. I. Yeah, I, I get what I think. I think I'm inclined to agree in the sense that, you know. I think the, the like the big teams that you'd have expected to have done well this season, like Tottenham and Arsenal, I think they're definitely going to improve big time this year. Mm. So, I mean, you could have you, it's clear to see like Mourinho ever since he's sort of come in, um, the results for time have dramatically picked up. And what? Arteta, yeah. I think Arteta's done a great job of Arsenal. I'll be honest. So I think I think they'll do a lot better. I think um, I think Chelsea have already strengthened dramatically this season. Uh-huh. I think United will the same. I think I think Man City are gonna I think Man City are gonna be the biggest spenders this summer. And Liverpool, Liverpool, so I don't expect them to do anything stupid. So, and the things I don't, like, I can't see Bulls yeah. or Leicester doing a mad thing in the transfer window this year. I don't see them doing an incredible, like, spending spree. I don't see them doing that. I think, especially with the smaller, what's it called? Especially with the smaller clubs. Um, especially with the smaller clubs, I think the coronavirus would probably have affected them a lot more than the bigger clubs would have, especially because of the, the diversification of revenue streams. So, I think they'll be, they'll be a, a lot more effective. So I don't know if they'll be able to spend as much as the big clubs. And I think that's going to be the limiting factor for them. Yeah. Oh, on the whole idea. Yeah. I think so. And, and also, and also, um, 
as good as he's been, like, he's pro- he's given so much for them. How, how much more can you live on Jimmy Vardy's goals? Like, come on. Yeah, I do agree with that as well, actually. Like, and with his squad, he has overperformed, like, in all honesty. Like, you, no one else. I Jose Perez came from a relegated Newcastle. Um, Harvey Barnes mm-hmm. came from the Um, then you got, um, you got a midfield who weren't even, who have been like, overperforming as well. Like, Tielemans, he's good, but he has, like, He's dipped a lot, I don't think, yeah. since. Indeed, yeah. he's a blaster. But, I mean, he yeah, yeah, he, he's sick. Oh, him. That's who I'm worried that. Indeed, he's a baller. That's who I'm worried that's going to go. Not even Madison, him. Even, even their defense is just trash as well. Like, you only, yeah. you only have Joel, who's decent. And you got Wes Morgan, who's 36, 37. Mm. No, but they have what, I mean, outside of Wes Morgan, they have what, Stone and, um, Oh, yeah, he's been Evans. sick, though. Johnny Evans, yeah, but. Man like really, Lord Farquhar. <laughs> Yeah, could yeah. you really actually? I mean, I don't think they can rely on people like Johnny Evans or Wes Morgan any longer. Nah, nah, they they can't, they can't. They, Leicester needs to spend in the transfer window in order to, to sustain mm. yeah. um, that push that they have. But it's yeah. going to be hard for them. They, they, the thing is, they missed a golden opportunity this season. They really did. No, I, but really I think did. I think that's the difference between a big club and a club that overperforms. Because what, in my opinion, what you see the big clubs are consistently spending to always stay at the top ends of the table. And what is the mentality of the club, right? Like, if a club like Leicester, like, you always continuously need to spend to be at that, um, high level. So, but the risk of this that comes to, like, the smaller teams is if you overspend or you, you spend too much and you don't perform at that same level, you risk yourself being too leveraged and you might mess up and you might finish at a lower position than you would be and that might mess yeah. you up in the future. With the big clubs, they know that, for example, they have to always continuously spend. So, for example, United could spend 200 million one summer and finish six. And we finished sixth, but we know that, okay, we need to spend another 200, 300 million to, to get back from sixth to third or second or first, for example. If Leicester spend 200 million and they finish, let's say, eighth or ninth, they're not going to be like, let's spend another 200 million to finish in the top four again. Like, that's a very, that's why there's a difference in mentality between the two clubs, in my opinion. And I think that's the key differentiator between the big six and the rest of the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, let's just hope. I, I do really like those teams, though. I do. Mm-hmm. Really like Leicester and Wolves. Um, what, Watch yeah, we'll out for Newcastle next season, still. <laughs> yeah, Saudi money. Saudi money. I think even West Ham. West Ham. What's people forgot that West Ham signed like so many players this year. They spent like 150 million, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, and they finished well. Like they, 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 they fumbled this season. Yeah. Them and Everton probably the biggest disappointment though, for sure. Nah, Everton. They replaced the manager. Um, Halfway through the season with Ancelotti, you're like you, you can't discount Ancelotti, man, just because of it, just because of his name, man, and his achievements. We'll see what they do in the transfer window, but they're another big spender as well, actually. But yeah, I mean, Premier League is crazy. All these smaller sides actually doing bits in the transfer market. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. We got a few more, like I guess we got a few more games and. Events what to actually look forward to. So, despite the end of the season, we still have the FA Cup final on Saturday. Arsenal mm-hmm. versus Chelsea. I'm very excited for that. And then we have the Champions League the week after, uh, where I, I'm calling it now that we're going to actually t- turn over the 3 1 deficit. You're waffling. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Actually, sure. With um, Tammy Abraham sure. 5. Arsenal going to win the league next season. We know that's not happening. <laughs> Tammy Abraham is going to channel his inner drug bar. Watch. You're not yeah. serious. Yeah. You actually think yeah, you're yeah, yeah, sure. going to turn it over. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. 
I guess let's start off with the FA Cup then. Why don't Ali, let's start off with you actually. What, what do you think of the Man City game? How uh, do you think you fared? Uh, my manager is a tactician. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. My manager knows how to get under Pep's skin. And that is the reason we hide Arsene Wenger at the foresight to not only leave, but to create this whole circle with Arteta where everyone thought he was coming. He had this day planned in preparation. Two years later, two years later, Arteta comes in and is against Pep in a season where we're faltering in the league. And he knows we need to beat Pep in order to get to the final. And if we win the final, we get European football. Okay. Tell me why Arteta <laughs> is the manager and he was also the assistant manager at City. It's for a reason. There is a reason. Okay. There is actually cool. a reason. So when Wenger's happy that you finished eighth then. Is that his no, whole... no, 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 no. I'm just telling you, European football, for whatever reason, whether it's Europa League or whether it's Champions League, seems to always attract us like a magnet. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit crazy. We can't do about it. Wait, what? <laughs> we, can't, we, we can't do about it. So, you know, that's our manager. But look, just everything he was doing defensively as well, but, and also just the way that we played through the middle, that's the thing that I was so happy with the most because through the middle we're shocking we are shocking in the middle of the pitch but you can actually see in that game it's not that um the Vorino was being controlled because far from it but you can see the threat was kind of being nullified a little bit because we actually had a presence there and Sabios and Jacka man like these are the two guys that everybody loves to pam like um when they're talking about Arsenal players but they've been two of the best players since um lockdown has been lifted because the what they do through the middle and how they the, how they manage to facilitate the wingers coming in and making the overlaps is incredible, and it's also how we're able to keep the ball. And I've noticed that a lot. Like we don't lose the ball nearly as much as we did before, and I think that really helped us with the city game because you know the more we're able to keep the ball, um, you know, it's able to stay in the wings longer, and we're yeah. able to sort of pressure teams much longer, even though we have possessions for obviously short periods of time and I think it's crazy it's crazy how we have that turnaround you know Arteta's really got the maddest touch out here man (laughs) yeah um yeah let's move on to the Chelsea game then Osman I'm gonna let you start (laughs) (laughs) it's like that now yeah it's like that um honestly I'll, I'll I'll be honest um it was a good loss for us I think because it sort of shows, I mean, it highlights to me the, the, the deficiencies within the team, within the United squad. First things first, squad depth is a massive issue within, within the United team. Um, I think what, for example, I think we've played, we've played a, a, a large number of games across the restart. I think all the teams have. And I think United have consistently played like the same, like the same XI or sort of tried to keep this, this, the same XI the same just to make sure because, for example, if we don't keep the same XI, our performance levels drop dramatically. Like, so you can't take off Bruno Fernandes and bring on Andres Pereira. Like, that doesn't match. Like, the performance level, the difference between the two is too, too great. And, for example, because of that, we're continuously playing the same group of people. And then that's just the squad depth issue. Um, and I'm not going to take that away from the, the performance of Chelsea because I think Chelsea were definitely a better team than us. And I think it wasn't even the thing that Chelsea were way better than us. It was also... We were just very poor that day. Um, I think, but if you break that team down or you break that game down, the first half, I don't think we were that bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
even then, I think we could have gone into that first half nil nil, and I think we could have probably changed things up a little bit tactically and maybe come back into the second half nil nil and sort of uh, got a, a cheeky win. But I think the injury to Bailly sort of changes the game plan dramatically. It sort of affected the shape of the team. And, you know, Chelsea took advantage of that and got respected. That's the game. Um, but outside of that, right, just on just the game. And I think this needs to be something that Ole needs to look at tactically. And I think this is what I'm going to judge him on tactically as a coach is how United deal with the opposition pressing our defense. I think, I think one, like when I watch, let's say the Arsenal Man City game and I see Arsenal defenders under pressure, but keeping the ball and passing it around and sort of having a, a systematic build up play. That's, that's something that's completely different to when I watch United with their build up. I see the ball getting past the Lindelof and Maguire. And then it's just a, a bad pass to the fullbacks. And I see a bad pass to, to what's his name? Brandon Williams. And from Brandon Williams, it's a shit pass to the winger. There's no real systematic build up play. There's no real system. You get pressed and then you just give a really awful ball out and there's no real outlet. And the team really suffered. And that's something that I need, I want United to look at how to, like how to build up in an organized manner, how to sort of handle the opposition press and how to, how to beat the opposition press. I think that's something that the team definitely needs to work on. If they don't, then I know that, for example, that's the lack of ability of Ole as a coach. Until then, I need to wait and see. But that's one thing that really, like, shunned to me. Um, I think attacking wise, I love, like, I, I like to see how United attack. And I think it's, it, I, I think Ole's built a decent system there, but I think it's defensively where, I think historically, over the past, like, five, six years, it's not really been a defensive system that we've really been using. It's sort of just been individual brilliance. I remember what, in like 2015, Smalling was just on fire at one point. I remember him just being an amazing center back. I remember De Gea was just, De Gea was just brilliant, right? So then he, just, he can just save us when we were in a pinch. But now what De Gea is sort of regressing a little bit. And now what the defenders, like, for example, if they're not on form, it's like, how, how well is the system? How good is the system? How well are you defensively drilled? If we're not well, if we're not defensively drilled well enough, you can sort of see the, the holes and the gaps in our defense and how under pressure we get and how like we just look unconfident we just look shaky on the ball and that's sort of something that needs to change and needs to be looked at in my opinion okay very in-depth very in-depth analysis um not much to add to be honest um in terms of Chelsea I'm, I'm actually very happy that we matched you up because this the game's the season where we lost three in a row right mm-hmm. you guys played a three at the back and pammed us all the time so I'm very glad that we matched you up there mm-hmm. And I, I thank De Gea as well. Um, thank you very much, De Gea. Yeah, won the finals. <laughs> That's all I can say, to be honest. Because I actually want to talk about the final, final and the preview. Mm-hmm. Preview. What do you think, Ade? What, what do you think your lineup's going to be or how are you going to play? Do you think it'll be a cagey game? <clears throat> Ade, unmute yourself. Uh, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I think it's going to be quite um because you know you have two sides that obviously are not traditional really good defenders and obviously they've been a bit more defensively sound because they know okay these are games I want to try and win and definitely um this the finals obviously important to get to but mm-hmm. I can see it being quite an open game because I don't think you're going to have the pressure and the tension of the fans there where you don't really want to make a mistake you don't want to slip up and you want to try and do your best I think both sides are really going to go at it and we could easily see it being like a thriller I, I think it'll be way more open than you think. Really? okay 
Okay. Uh, I'll tell you. you. Know, I could be wrong. Could be wrong, yeah. but it wouldn't okay. surprise me if it was like super open. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but I definitely take the contrasting view to that. I think it'll be a lot more tight. I think it'll be quite cagey. I think we'll match you guys up as well. I think it'll be free at the back just because we've done quite well recently. We're free at the back. Um, played three games in a row now, three games in a row with three at the back. And I'm sure that Arsenal will try and match us up in that sense or will match them up. Um, because we know that Arteta played, has played that a bit this season. Um, I think it'll be more cagey just because mm. it's a final. And I know that Lampard is trying to fix our defensive fragilities at the moment. He's been trying to address this a lot. I, I know that he's trying to address this a lot with the players. And now he has, we have looked more solid barring the Liverpool, Liverpool game with three at the back. Um, but I'm blaming Kev for that, but <laughs> you're a lot more cagey. Just is a final, first of all. No fans. <laughs> the no fans thing, the no fans thing could, could have different kind of effects, to be honest. Like, on the one hand, players that don't react well to pressure, mm-hmm. especially in the final, could actually fare much better, or would actually fare much better in that sense. So I don't know, it depends. It depends on the dynamic that day. But I'd, I'd, I reckon that Arsenal will turn up. Um, David Luiz. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win it. Let's hope not. But I genuinely think Arsenal are going to win it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. We'll see. Win. Yeah, just the general thoughts. Let's go, Osman. 
Wait, general force on what, sorry? Uh, the Champions uh, League. You know what? I'll be happy as long as anyone except Man City wins it or Barcelona. I think as long as Man City and Barcelona don't win it, I'm going to be incredibly, incredibly happy. Um, I don't think, I don't think Madrid are going to sort of overturn, um, Man City. I'll be honest. I don't think, uh, Madrid are, that have that quality to sort of, um, turn it around. So I think Man City are going to beat them, but I'm hoping Bayern Munich are just going to pam. I just want them to pam Man City so badly. Um, but I think overall, I think the, the, the three teams that I really want to win this year are, um, Atletico, PSG, and Bayern. As long, if any of those three win, I'll be super happy. Um, and as long as, Barca and fucking as long as Barca and Man City don't win, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Um my take is that Chelsea, as I said, Tammy is gonna go four five goals. Mm-hmm. Uh is in the drug bar. <laughs> if we don't do that, I'm backing Bayern all the way. Um also I'm actually backing Atleti just because I think they do deserve one. Like they've had a lot of struggles. They've been one minute away from the Champions League. And I really rate Simeone. And there's a knockout, there's a knockout, um, kind of structure this year. There's only one leg. So if anyone will benefit from that, it would be Atleti, in my opinion. Mm, that's trip. true, but forgetting, you're forgetting. Yeah. Atleti are gonna, um, are gonna draw Ronaldo again. And <laughs> they're gonna get knocked out as they always do. Ronaldo's on gonna- I think that is who we should really be looking for. No, I don't think Juventus will get through. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think Sorry is up to this, up to, um, up to the standard, in my opinion. Who? Yeah, sorry, I, I, I don't think. Oh, he's I mean, that, that's the thing, right? He, he's been he's been fumbling in the domestic, but the domestic is not challenged. <laughs> they need to be up. He's they need to be up to speed for the Champions League. They will get there. He's lost two. Ronaldo finals. will make it happen. I'm telling you now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're losing two one to Leon at the moment, or one 0 right? So we'll see. I mean, um, yeah, but they'll they'll come back. They'll come back. And one of it's that I would like to see them go far and even win it. Chris crazy, but I want to see Man City. I want to see Man City. I'm not going to lie. Imagine if they win. It'd be like the shithouse. Biggest shithouse. It would be the craziest. The <laughs> craziest. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. It'd be so entertaining. Imagine them lifting it and Pep's like, oh, you mm-hmm. fuckers tried to get me banned. Literally now. <laughs> Barcelona are still in, right? Yeah, but they're, they're definitely not doing anything. For that. that that team is shambolic. I'm sorry, yeah. but Barcelona are in shambles right now. I'm surprised that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Napoli knocked them out, but yeah. that, that team's morale is just down the gutters right now. I think yeah. other than Messi, there's no one I can sort of see and think has the quality to bring out, man, uh, bring out Barcelona to win the Champions League. What are you on about, man? Braithwaite. Martin Braithwaite. Uh, Middlesbrough left. Barcelona's time is done, man. Come on. Come on, Barcelona's time is done. Quite easy. They're, they're, they're worse than they were last season. Last season, they were pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. They they're worse. They weren't nah, that bad no last season. I don't give them a they, chance. They panned. Look, look, look. The thing is, right, I actually predicted Barcelona to win the Champions League last year. What, they beat Liverpool 3-0 in that first leg. Yeah. And, they, you know, um, we were all like, wow, Barca are magical right now. And then they just got, after that morale-crushing loss to Liverpool, that 4-0, they haven't been the same, you know. They just... But these guys were crying at half time in the Liverpool dressing room when it was only 1-0. I'm sorry, but what kind of mentality is that? You're crying at half time when you're losing 1-0 and you're technically 3-1 up on aggregate. Because they knew it was going to happen. But, they but, know I'm good. sorry, but if you're 3-1 up, you're 3-1 up, you can prevent... I guarantee if Marino was in that dressing room, I, there would be no one crying in that team. I promise you right uh, now. Very yeah. 
Messi's on crud as well. He's upset with the board. <laughs> Bro, Messi, he's uh, not happy with the board. He's playing at Bedell. He's trying to have Bedell. Messi didn't even like the owner. <laughs> nah, it's actually jokes, Messi, man. But he might be up. He might be up for smoke. Mm. Be- yeah, Messi's on for smoke. He's up for smoke, man. Not like the club president. <laughs> Messi the president. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think having Messi was probably one of the biggest detriments as well in terms of the transfer strategy because yeah, when you look at the transfers and the, the signings that they've made to make over the like past few years, right? Like what, like Griezmann, and they've just tried to make some immediate sort of quick purchases that just fumbled so quickly and just fumbled yeah. awkwardly. I think yeah. it's one of the reasons that I think they just want to they want to have a Champions League for Messi so badly that they're sort of forsaking the long term strategy of the club for short term success that hasn't gone so well because. Yeah. It's just bad transfer upon bad transfer that's sort of just very hard to get out of. Like yeah. what, Ali, were you saying that their past 25 transfers have cost a billion euros? Yeah, yeah, that's what ridiculous. I'm saying. That is ridiculous. It's, it's insane. So yeah. look at the, look at how, um, look at the, the, the situation they're in now. You know, they're, I think one of the candidates for the presidency was even saying, you know, if give it a few years' time, they're going to end up like Boston, like AC Milan or Manchester United. Mm. Uh, well, don't say it like that, bro. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 just financially, financially, financially. No, 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 financially. Also, it's similar than United, so. Financially, we're, they're still are, but I, they're doing better now. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, it, obviously, AC Milan's a big club, right? Remember mm. AC Milan of old, the absolutely winning back to back, Kaka, Ronaldinho, and Gattuso, Nesta, all of those guys. Imagine, you know, Barcelona falling off that way. It, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Think about what would happen. Messi would probably leave. Messi would go back to Argentina. He'd be like, "No, I'm not doing this anymore." Oh, but the juniors, man. The yeah, <laughs> he'd go back, or he might even do the thing. Yeah, but yeah, Barcelona are, are very, they're very much win now, but I don't think they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they make all these signings that obviously it seems obvious in hindsight, but mm-hmm. it, it's just not working because they're they're getting all of what they're trying to do is they're trying to um, clearly stifle the domestic competition and also just be a little bit smarter with like the signings. But some of them are just so complicated and they don't make sense for any reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as well Barcelona, just because it's them, they you can see they're they're really trying to please Messi, but they're also trying to have a like a, a bit of a um, a feature on and focus on youth as well, which I think is kind of. You, you can't really mix and match. It's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. Either way, one point one um, folks is going to suffer. Yeah, I mean they're they're a club in turmoil at the moment, so I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to the Champions League this year. So yeah. uh, although you never know, we're, we're talking yeah. about many people's go Messi. So if he really is a goat, then let's go. Could take them as far as as the as the semis even. <laughs> Fine, you, you never know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think another dark horse that hasn't been mentioned yet is Atalanta. Brian, get out of there, man. Nah, I mean, I, I, think, I think they're a great team, but they're not going to win the Champions League. Let's, no. let's, let's be real here. I mean, they're a dark horse. I think, I think they're they are a dark horse, but I, th- I think, I think against PSG, I think when you've got Mbappe and Neymar, and I think Neymar, I think this I think is the year that I want to see Neymar step up and sort of take his mantle as the world's best player after Messi and Ronaldo. I want him to be that guy. Oh. Because he is, for me, he is, for me. Mm. Don't, don't even try to go, hmm, because he is. Mm. He is. No, no, no. Name, no, no, name no, no, me no. a guy that's, name me someone better than Neymar, please. Right now, 
Yeah. Right now, based on current form, De Bruyne. Comes better than those guys. De Bruyne, <laughs> De Bruyne is right not now, Neymar. Based. I don't care, man. De Bruyne is not better than Neymar. De Bruyne no, 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 is incredible. If De Bruyne takes Manchester City to the, to the finals. If, if, if De Bruyne, win, if De Bruyne wins if them, win. league, okay, I'll, I'll take it back. But Neymar... I'm sorry, but Neymar is just different gravy. He's different class. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm not going to take it. Neymar is just... Uh, when I think about it, he's just amazing. Uh, <laughs> he <laughs> stuff is crazy. Just, I'm sorry, I'm just... I know, uh, I know you can show, show Santos clips. Fair times. Yeah, don't skill clips. I've seen Neymar in real life, okay? I've seen one of his best games. I've seen one of Barcelona's yeah. best games. So, so for lucky. me... Very, but, very lucky. To see to see Barcelona win six one at, at Camp Nou is is something great, but yeah, to man. see to see that that penalty goal where was it where Messi passed to Suarez? That's, that's on my phone, bro. That's on my phone. Yeah, that I, is. I is prime, and I saw that game, and I was like, wow, Neymar is a sign else, and he's different gravy. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna take it. Right. You can talk, you can say the brain. I don't give a shit, bro. Neymar's different gravy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. Because I think that I think I think the defense is just. PSG's defense isn't the same. Um, they actually don't have Mbappe. He's going to miss the first leg at the, at the minimum. Yeah, um, Atalanta, they broke the league scoring record. That's crazy. Um, well, it's still real. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And, and they have three games left. Well, two games left now. So I think they're, they're dark horse. They're dark horse. Um, well, to, they're dark horse in, t- in the sense that they can beat PSG. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I think so. Well, a team that scored over 100 goals in its league against a defense that isn't that great, it's gonna be a good team. It's gonna be like a team of two attacking, a, a two, a, a team of two attacks. I'm sorry, because uh, what I think PSG's defense is overrated. I think Thiago Silva is heavily overrated. I don't think I don't think he's a great defender uh, whoa, any, anymore. Anyways, whoa, as of right yeah, now, yeah. he's yeah. finished. I, I think he's he's been finished since bloody 2018 yeah, or 2016, even like. I'm sorry, but was oh, that guy trash, man? But like, <laughs> I play memory. Yeah, but as in like over the past four or five years, I, I look at PSG's defense. Nothing about it sort of screams solidity yeah. to me. Maybe Marquinhos, but other than that, I'm not really seeing a solid defense there. And then I guess a team that scored 100 goals in the league, Atlanta can definitely surprise PSG. But I'm just seeing Neymar and Mbappe, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I need PSG to win the Champions League this year. Do you reckon the do you reckon the German teams and the French teams would suffer more because of the of their prolonged break? Because obviously mm. they wouldn't finish last month. Same as well France, the French league got cancelled. So like I think that I think that definitely can play a part. I think it might affect the the French leagues the French teams more than the, the German teams. I think the German teams I think it's, it's probably a benefit for the German teams because they came in and like, they had their, their season restart. And now they're on a sort of like mental refresh. They're sort of relaxing mentally and then they can come back into the Champions League sort of refreshed and ready to go. I think like when you look at the English team, we've just finished the Premier League just now. We've got the FA Cup final coming in next week for the teams that are in the Champions League. But like mentally, it's sort of you're still recovering from this season. And it's been a it's been a very hectic and physically draining season for me. So um, I think the German teams are probably best positioned in terms of um, physical and mental um, fatigue. But... I think for me, as long as Man City don't win, I'm Gucci. <laughs> uh, I need City to win still. I'm not even a City fan. We'll just be so drunk. It'll be very, very insane. <laughs> this team, this team are the same guys that stole Adebayo, Gael Clichy, Samir, Samir Nasri, 
Fucking well, what's that, bro? But Adebayor yeah. ran with that same blue shirt that you're supporting right now. He ran to your fans and slid, and you're like, "Yeah, I want Man City to win the Champions League." No, I, I want that team's gonna win the Champions League before your team do. The narrative, bro. The narrative is they're gonna win the Champions League before you do, and their club was invented in 2008. What does that tell you about your club? No, 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 no. That's no, the narrative. No, no. I'm gonna be. Did, did they have Unai Emery? Yes or no? I don't give like, a shit about Unai Emery. But you had your greatest ever manager couldn't do it. Our greatest ever manager was stopped by Barcelona. In the okay. Final. He was stopped by, he was stopped by one of the greatest Barcelona I've ever seen. So what can you do? Wait, 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 wait. The 2016 wasn't one of the greatest I've ever seen. 2006. I'm Stop. saying that the 2006 one wasn't the greatest one I've ever seen. One of the greatest Barcelona teams ever seen. I don't one know. of the very best. Then one That's of them. A, it's the Champions League winning Barcelona side. You can't just discount that. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah, but the narrative, that's not the narrative. The narrative here is if Man City win the Champions League, they're going to be a bigger club than Arsenal. Well, I'll be honest, you know, the Champions League this season has VAR. Oh, is that, is that, <laughs> you've got the coronavirus in there. So <laughs> when you think about it, there should really be an asterisk next to it. But if you call the City would win it, just for me. Asterisk. <laughs> yeah. Same way there's an asterisk next to Liverpool's. So, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, they do it again. This season is just like, fun. I just want to see you wait for Get Man. Because, <laughs> like, how how funny would it be? You try to get the club banned from from European football, and then they not only are not banned, but they win the whole competition. That's the first pot you have to get out of the uh, out of the flipping bowl next season when you're doing the draws. That's crazy. Damn, <laughs> 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 um, you UEFA gonna be pissed. Oh my days. Okay. Uh, All right. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we said enough about the Champions League. I think that's a good place to wrap up, guys. Very nice. Um, just for our viewers and our listeners out there, despite the season being finished, we have much more exciting content to come out soon. So episodes with more deep analysis, just because now the season's done. Uh, but look out for, look out for our uh, season wrap-up with our individual fan bases. So the Chelsea side of the podcast, the United side, and also the Arsenal side. So if you're interested in listening to our thoughts on our seasons our individual seasons keep a look out on that um yeah but much more exciting content to come out we might have we might not or might have made a very controversial controversial signing for the podcast so keep a look out of that as well um more news to be given soon but yeah thank you for listening guys this has been me brian with ade and osman see ya cool